Hi, I'm Dr. Greg Goins from the Reimagined Schools podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to right now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Coming up on episode 116 of Podcast PD, we welcome back friend of the podcast, Rich Chiz from Four O'Clock Faculty to talk about his latest book, Rogue Leader, Make the Rules, Inspire Others, and Take Control of Your Own Professional Development Destiny. Let's start the show. This is Podcast PD, the show that provides you with anytime, anywhere professional development. Our conversations and guests will provide you with the learning you might get in a faculty meeting or on a PD day. Except you're going to have more fun with AJ Bianco, Stacey Lindis, and me, Chris Nessie. Let's start the show. Happy Sunday night to you, or good morning, or good afternoon, good evening. This is Podcast PD. I am uh, co-host Chris Nessie, at Mr. Nessie on Twitter, and I am joined, as always, by my Podcast PD compadre, Arthur Jefferson Bianco, AJ. How are you, my friend? We are doing great. It sounds like there is chaos brewing in my household as it's time for bed. But uh, that is everything okay. Is everything is good on, on this end right here behind this sounds computer. Like, Ooh, sounds man. like daylight saving is hitting your your children hard. <laughs> well, while we're waiting for that to settle down, let's welcome those of us. Uh, in, th- those of us. I'm not in the chat. Well, I sort of am. Those in the chat. Hello from Texas. Holly Landez, she's an executive producer of the program. Nice to have a boss in the house. We've also got another boss, Stephanie Scrocky. We got Dave Franjosa checking in from North Jersey. AJ's doing some magical things with Reflect Ed, which is fantastic. Were you live on Thursday, AJ? Yeah, Dave and I were live on Thursday as we went through uh, part three of our series that we are discussing the roadmap for the appropriate rollout of initiative. Nice. How many parts? Is this a trilogy or is there going to be, we're doing a Rocky style? Yeah, I'm going to be honest. Dave and I are kind of just going with it. Uh, I don't know if we have like a specific number in mind, but as we continuously talk about initiatives, especially this year, uh, it really just kind of depends on where we're at and how we feel. But you know, when you think about initiatives, Chris, like when it gets rolled out, it's not just like, okay, let's start and now it's over. It's like, here's an initiative and there's a lot of parts to it to make it successful from the beginning to the end. So well, there is no end, should be no end, but, uh, Three so far. We're, we're going to keep going. Nice. So. Mel A checking in said, uh, Chris is bubbly mic tonight. Does that mean my attitude is bubbly or my audio sounds like crap? I don't I don't hear anything, so I don't know what they're hearing. Perfect. Because the last thing I want to do is punch something. Oh, it's not perfect. No, they're perfect. So. Perfect. Weather's good by you? It's going to be warm this week, right? I hope so, because it was a miserable weekend here. Yeah. We, think of the last eight days of weather as we record this episode. Yeah. Last week, it was 80 degrees. It was. And did you get snow yesterday? Uh, I got snow yesterday. I even got some snow today. I also got some flurries today. Mm-hmm. New Jersey weather. New Central hey, Jersey like, weather. I know. I know it's the. Uh, I know it's the the wrong podcast. Baseball's back, so the sun is shining in my book. The uh, the baseball is back. Um, salami. <laughs> so uh, hopefully we've got some. Uh, thank you, Ricky Ricardo. So, uh, yeah, AJ and I will hopefully be also doing uh, some new episodes of Chase for 28. So if you're a Yankee fan and you enjoy listening to the two of us, check that out and listen to us talk baseball. So we do. <laughs> and uh, our guest tonight is also 
a fan of the baseball, and uh, he might take a problem away from us before we even have that problem, but that might be a story for another day. Tonight, we are talking to Rich Chiz. Rich started his career as a fifth grade teacher and has served as a basic skills teacher, instructional coach, elementary supervisor, and director of curriculum and instruction. Rich is currently the proud principal of the Yardville Elementary School in New Jersey, and he is the co-founder of Four O'Clock Faculty dot com, as well as the author of several books, including The Four O'Clock Faculty, The Secret Sauce, and his newest book, Rogue Leader. Rich is passionate about engaging all stakeholders in meaningful and relevant learning opportunities, and he joins us today on Podcast PD. What is up, Rich? Hey, guys. Uh, glad to be here tonight, and uh, thanks for having me. Can't wait to, to talk uh, a little bit of PD and, and maybe some baseball, too. He's willing to take Freddie Freeman off our hands before he's on our hands. He's a Dodger fan. Oh, how's that happen? Uh, My dad was a Brooklyn fan. Okay, there you go. Plain and simple. I understand it. Okay. (laughs) Easy enough. Nice. And if you're new to Podcast PD, Rich is a previous guest of the show. He was on episode 12 back in the day. (laughs) So check out podcastpd.com slash 12 to hear Rich's first appearance. And thank you for being here for appearance number two. Absolutely excited to be here. So we're going to dive right in. And the thing that was top of mind since I've got a principal and an assistant principal here in the news this week, we had, and I, I forget, you know, this, I saw this on Facebook or I saw it on Twitter. We had Mr. Toby Price, who is an assistant principal in Mississippi, and he was fired this week for reading the book, I Need a New Butt, to a group of second graders on a Zoom call. And I was angered. I was frustrated. To the point where I dedicated episode 197 of House of EdTech to that story, gave it the education spin, put my thoughts and opinions out there, and you're both administrators, so I'm curious to know where you guys stand on this and your thoughts on the situation, because from my perspective, it's not a good one. Uh, Rich, I'll take the pressure off you. I'll I'll start this one. Um, When I saw this story, I was kind of, I, I felt bad for him, because this book, I know the book. I, I actually, my kids have this book. So when I first heard this book, I was reading it with them. And it was pretty funny. There's two of them, actually. It's like, I, I broke my butt and I need a new butt. So look, it's, it's, it's hilarious. And the kids think it's, it's, it's fun. And my kids are of the age of, of Toby's school. And when, when I heard the story, I, I couldn't believe that he was fired for this. Like, you don't, you don't reprimand a person first. You just straight up just go and, and fire him for, for reading a book. Chris, you were sharing the story that, you know, he was filling in for somebody and he grabbed a book off the shelf that his kids enjoyed. So, you know, I, I, I feel for him and I love that he's getting all the, the attention. It stinks that it's for, for this because Toby is a talented, talented person. He is, I think he creates books. I know he draws, you know, I've been following him, you know, from afar for a while. We've had conversations through a couple of Twitter chats, but, you know, I, I just feel for him because, you know, this is not the right thing, but hopefully it brings awareness. Hopefully you know, he gets out of this on top and it seems like he is because there's a lot of people on his side. I know here in New Jersey, it's kind of difficult for us to kind of judge this because we have a lot of protections for something like this as we were talking before the show started. But, you know, I really hope that, that everybody kind of realizes what Toby is going through and you uh, kind of represent Toby in a way if you can and you see, you know, that he doesn't he doesn't deserve this. He should, probably should not have been let go for anything because you know, just he's just trying what he can to get kids to enjoy reading. Yeah, I think it's an incredibly tough situation as well. And, uh, you know, as a, 
you know, last week was read across America week. I was in multiple classrooms reading books. Um, and some of the, some of the ones that I choose to engage students with, you know, there, you know, there's that, that potty humor that's in there. Right. And it's, uh, you know, I have a 10 year old son and, you know, if, if potty humor wasn't a thing, I don't know why he would laugh. Right. So, um, you know, it's, it's incredibly difficult. Um, I'm glad that he's getting the support from the education community and, um, you know, from, from the media now, uh, I'm glad that the story's out there and that people are supporting him. It's, uh, you know, a, a tough situation and, and hopefully positive comes out of it. My kids like yours, AJ also enjoy the book. And I remember, I don't know if you've ever heard this book, either of you, it's called Walter, the farting dog. Mm-hmm. I remember the first time I was read that book. I was in grad school and one of my professors used it as a wisdom book in one of the grad classes. So now AJ, you're like, how, how would that be a wisdom book? <laughs> I don't remember the lesson. I remember the book, which is probably true of any five, six, seven, eight year old, which I sometimes can act like. So yeah, there, there's yeah. all sorts of books out there like that. And, and I was just going to say there are such, such books like that because we have, um, was it Kindle unlimited or something like that where the kids can kind of jump on Kindle and find books. My kids are finding all these ridiculous books. If I went through the titles that they were going through. Like I was like, one is like dinosaur and underpants, you know, something like that. Like it's, it's silly and, and books are supposed to be silly for these kids. So I, I really, you know, I'm, I'm like, like Richard said, I'm glad he's getting, he's getting the support and hopefully, you know, all the support leads to something because he's very talented. He is a great administrator and I think he's going to end up on his feet somewhere. If he chooses to, he may not choose to anymore. This might take him on a different path altogether. That's true. What one door closes, kick down some other doors, right? All you need is a little crack. Oh, <laughs> well done, AJ. Thank you. Well, speaking of talented administrators, Rich, you are a talented administrator. You are an author and you are, I don't know, you're, you're doing things that a lot of people dream about doing in terms of like changing education and really making an impact that affects administrators. It affects teachers. And ultimately that all affects students, which I believe is what we're all striving to do. And you have a new book out called Rogue Leader. Tell us a little bit about what this book is about. Yeah, so uh, Rogue Leader is is pretty much a follow-up to uh, The Four O'Clock Faculty. And uh, what was great about The Four O'Clock Faculty was uh, once it was out there, uh, people began sharing and collaborating. And uh, it was awesome to kind of see, like at first I thought when I put the book out there, like I'm, I'm, I'm the only one who feels this way, you know, uh, you know, is anybody else even going to read this or, or want to read this? And I think people started sharing what they were doing to kind of change their own professional development paradigms. And uh, I, I think it was important to kind of see and hear what other people were doing. So um, once I was kind of, you know, talking to other people about what they were doing, I thought it was important to kind of keep sharing with professional development, keep pushing the boundaries, keep um, getting people to, to take control, right? That's, that's what it's about is getting people to take control of their own professional development. So, um, the book kind of stemmed from there. Um, I wrote a lot during the pandemic, uh, when we weren't able to go out and take control of our own PD, when we were kind of forced to sit inside and, and, uh, learn on our own. So, um, it kind of stemmed from that, but, uh, it, it's really about taking PD to that next level, taking control over it. And, um, you know, really uh, motivating others to take control of their own PD as well. So, so Rich, like I, I think about what you do with, with four o'clock faculty and it's amazing to me, the, the, the amount of blog posts that you can come up with. I, I, I think, it, I think it's, is amazing. I just said, I'm going to use that word continuously. Um, 
But when I look at your blog post, and this is not a knock by any means, people look at blog posts and they're like, hey, I need to put something out there. It's got to be, you know, 600,000 words. Your blog posts, I, I think, are wonderful because sometimes you do like a countdown. Sometimes you do uh, a, a wonderful post that's brief, maybe two paragraphs. You know, where do you get your inspiration for your blog posts that really they resonate so much with? Yeah, it's it's funny because uh, I'm. Uh, when I first started writing on the blog post or on the blog, it was, I was under that same impression, right? It's got to be 600, 700 words. You have to put something out there of meaning. Um, and I was, I was doing it less often, right? So I was writing maybe one, six or 700 word post a week. Um, and then I uh, started reading a lot of Seth Godin uh, and his blog posts, right? And, you know, he, I've heard him on interviews say, you know, if you can't write two sentences a day, then, you know, there's, there's something wrong. If you don't have two sentences that you can say, um, then there's something wrong with it. So it, I'm a firm believer in just putting it out there, right? Um, it, even if it's you know, most of the time, it's something that I'm writing for myself to kind of convince myself of something. And usually those are the ones that kind of connect most with other people. So, um, you know, I try to write every day, um, usually posting four times a week, um, Sometimes I challenge myself with like a 20 word post, which I think is like, you know, what can you say meaningfully in 20 words versus, you know, 700 words. And I think uh, people also don't have time, right? There's not a lot of time in the day. People have other things they want to do. So I think we can, when you can be short and concise, I, I think it's an important piece. You, you do a tremendous. Thank you very much. No. All right. So let's jump into this, this brand new book, Rogue Leader. You know, I, I think for me, I want to start with the title because the title itself is just outstanding. It just grabs me and it makes me want to look into it and, and kind of learn. Where'd you get the title from? Uh, so Rogue is a term from the first book. Um, it stands for a relevant organized group of underground educators. Um, and so it's that whole idea of finding, finding those people who are going to inspire you, who are going to help you grow. Um, but it's really about now becoming that leader to take charge of those groups, right? So going out and inspiring others. So, not only taking it on for yourself, uh, but figuring out who are the other people in the building, who are the other people in my community that need that inspiration, need to kind of take PD um, on their own and uh, and learn for themselves. So um, really about inspiring others, um, you know, making PD rules, breaking PD rules if you need to, uh, and really inspiring others to to really get PD moving. When you talk about getting PD moving, like AJ gets that. I get that. So many of the people that we talk to get that, right? But still, in the year 2022, there are the naysayers, there are the negative Nellies, we have our pessimists that are just like, my district gives me my X number of hours, and you know, that's it. How do we help those people see the value in maybe taking a little bit more charge of their professional development? Yeah, there's a chapter in the book uh, called Pushing the Pessimist, and it's that whole idea of, of how do we get the naysayers to, to kind of join us. Um, and, and so in the book, I, I really differentiate uh, among three groups. Uh, so you have the willing, um, and you know that's the three of us here tonight, the others who are in the chat tonight, uh, the people who are showing up on Saturdays at ed camps or coffee EDUs on, on Sundays. Um, those are the people we don't have to worry about, right? Um, we have the unwilling and I think that's who we're talking about here, the pessimists, the naysayers. Um, and I think there's also a third group, uh, which is those who are unable to attend. And I think for a lot of educators, 
Um, they would love to do the ed camps on Saturdays. They would love to do, you know, coffee EDU, but you know, there's a million other circumstances within their lives that's keeping them from doing that. So, um, you know, first and foremost, I want to kind of differentiate between those two groups. As far as the pessimists, um, I think it's really finding out why, what's behind their pessimism, right? Um, why are they afraid of PD? Why are they unhappy with PD? And I think if we can talk to those people and really figure out what is it that you don't like, um, you know, what is it that's bothering you about PD? Uh, I think when you can kind of get the naysayers to, to share what it is they don't like about it, um, I think you have a better chance of kind of getting them on board. In, in your experience, what have you what have you noticed? What have you seen? What have you heard from the people who who are those naysayers? Have you had conversations with them to understand where they're coming from, or is it just you know we can see them from afar? Because anywhere we go, even when we go to you know if we go to an ed camp, some people are just dragged there. You know, if we have a district wide PD, sometimes people are just sitting there in the back doodling in their notebooks and playing on their cell phones. So why do people why are they pessimistic? Why, why do they want to be that way when it's about their own growth as an educator? So it's funny. I, I had an, uh, a meeting with a person in one of my former districts, um, and I wrote about this in the new book. Uh, but she was the person that every time I would bring something up at a faculty meeting or a staff meeting um, would kind of challenge me on it as the administrator. And so I, I went to her separately and I just said, hey, like, I just noticed every time I bring something up, every time we try to do something you're challenging it. And she said, well, you know, the, the group expects me to do that. So she kind of saw herself as the voice of the teachers against the admin. So she was treating it as kind of a, you know, a, a friction um, so that no matter what it was that I said, she was going to bring up the opposite points. And so we had a, a nice, interesting conversation in private about that. And um, what I would do from there on is go to her first, right? Here's what I'm thinking about doing at the next meeting. How do you feel about that? And I think by engaging her in that process, um, you know, she, she downplayed her um, role, I think, in public in front of the rest of the teachers a little bit. She was still going to challenge me on certain points, um, but I think it definitely helped that relationship. And I think for some people, you know, they do view it as a, you know, us versus them kind of attitude, Um you know, especially uh, coming from the administrator role. But um, I think it's, you know, we, we constantly use that word relationships in education, and it's probably the most overused um, term in education, but it's the most important, right? If we could build relationships with everyone, regardless of whether they're the willing, the unwilling, the unable, whoever it is, building those relationships, I think is important in getting everyone to um, not necessarily agree on what PD should look like, um, but at least understand what their their vision for PD is or their mission for PD is. I think it's funny that you talk about relationship being in uh, a very popular term, yet I feel like relationships are also at times very undervalued in terms of pursuing them and cultivating them and nurturing them. So that that's an interesting situation. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, um, you know, it's it's been tough in the past couple of years um, to, to kind of build those relationships because I think everyone um, is exhausted and overwhelmed and um, you know, there, there's not necessarily the time there that we would normally take to build those relationships. But again, it's it's so important. And, and we're all focusing on the relationships with students, uh, but it's also important to build those relationships with each other as well. Rich, before we go too much further into the book, you mentioned that it was a product in part to having the time during 
pandemic time and, you know, being home and, and, you know, the isolation piece is the book written for the education that used to be, or the education that we are moving into post pandemic. Do you think? That's a really interesting question. Um, I think it's, it's, it's where we're going, right? So um, I obviously wanted to not make this a complete retread of the first book, but you know, how do we, how do we take PD to kind of that next level? Um, And I, and I think it is, there's, there's a lot of things in there about virtual options and what on demand PD looks like. Um, There's a, there's a quote in there where I talk about PD um, just not being a museum of our past practices. And I think that's really kind of my, my driving force is how do we get and constantly evolve PD, right? It's, it's not something that the first book was written five years ago, right? Or six years ago at this point. So, um, you know, I don't want it to be a museum of PD practices, but I really want to show how, uh, how PD can constantly evolve. Rich, can we, can we just, I want to push forward a little bit with this idea of PD. So when you say PD, what exactly are are you referring to? Are you referring to personal PD? Are you referring to professional PD? Are you referring to the PD that's, that's mandated? Like, I know a lot of what your book talks about is staff meetings and there's a focus there. Mm-hmm. So what are you, what are you referring to as you, as you discuss PD? Where's your main focus? Yeah. So uh, for me, it, it's all of those things, right? It's the, it's the personal responsibility that someone is taking for their own professional development or own professional learning. Um, it's certainly all of the district and school-based PD initiatives that we see. Um, so there's some stuff in the book about, uh, committees and um, PD days and and how we kind of evolve those to to make sure that everyone's getting what they need. But it really kind of encompasses all of those things, right? It's um, personal professional development. Um, you know, so people show up at, at camps on on Saturdays. Um, it's it's everything that the district is is trying to do. Um, but it's really about PD for everyone. What's your favorite type of PD that you do with your staff? Hmm. Um, honestly, I, I feel like it's discussion based, right? Mm-hmm. Like when we can throw a question out there and just talk about it for 30 or 40 minutes um, and really get deep into a, a discussion on, um, you know, like a, a, a really key topic within the building, like, you know, how do we, how do we get kids to be more engaged in reading? Right. And, and starting with that question and just diving deep into it. Um, I always feel like we have a good discussion and good things come out of discussion. I hear that, Rich, and I think of the school I work in where, you know, I've got a principal, four VPs, and 150 staff members in in the high school. How many teachers are you working with where you can just throw out a question and let them talk about it? Yeah, so we're we're and, 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 and have it be productive. Yeah, so we're we're a staff of about uh, 25 to 40, depending on the day uh, of who's in that meeting. So uh, we're a smaller group, um, and and for something like that, I would just advise breaking those groups up, right? Like you're never going to get 150 people in, in a room talking about something. And like you said, the, the keyword being productive, right? They'll talk, right? They'll certainly talk for an hour. <laughs> it's not going to be productive. So I think making those groups manageable enough to, uh, to discuss, right? To share. Um, there's some different structures within the book to, to kind of do that. Um, but it's, it's really about making those groups manageable, right? Making them small enough to, to kind of succeed. Um, I think when you can kind of rely on, you know, your your teacher leaders, your building facilitators, your tech facilitators, those other people within the building who aren't necessarily an administrator um, to kind of guide, guide discussion um, and really keep it on track and productive. 
Now, when you talk about guiding discussion, if you have teacher leaders in your building, I'm not sure how the breakdown is for your school. Do you do you rely or do you have the conversation with people before the PD that say, hey, here's the topic we're going to discuss? Do you have like little people pl- implanted into the discussion? Like, I want you to throw out this topic so that we can have this bigger conversation. Or do you just kind of like roll with it and ask your own questions as you go through? Yeah, for me, um, you know, it's it's about that open line of communication, right? So, you know, I'm never putting my plants out there to kind of, you know, share one line or, or how they're specifically feeling about it. If it is a conversation that I've had with somebody, I may call them out and say, you know, so-and-so and I were talking about this a couple of days ago, you know, why don't you share the idea that you were sharing with me the other day? Uh, because I think that's important too. You have those people who will come and they'll share an awesome idea one-on-one, um, but then, you know, aren't willing to kind of do that in the whole group. Um, so I kind of give them that little nudge and, hey, why don't you share that with the group? Because I think it was an awesome idea. That's pretty fair. Hey, I, I pop this up on the screen real quick. And, and for those listening at home, uh, we have a question from Holly. Or not really a question, but her statement. I want to talk about this. I think this is really cool. She says, right now I have a survey out for teachers and staff requesting that they share their hopes for PD. What do they want to learn? How do they want to learn? And do they want to teach teachers? I think it's fantastic. Do you have any advice that maybe you can give give Holly to get this started with her staff or how she can kind of focus on th- those three questions? Yeah. So I, I think anytime you can gather feedback on PD, uh, I think it's super important. Um, I know we've even done PD about PD, right? So where we'll, we'll do a staff meeting where we just discuss for 30 minutes, how are we going to do our PD moving forward? Um, and I think anytime you can get that feedback, it's important. So um, I've used surveys before. I've done it in an open forum where people can talk about it. Um, you know, even, even small discussion groups based around these three questions, I think would be awesome to kind of gather some ideas and then, uh, figure out how to move forward. Um, the thing I always like to say though, is like, if you, if you gather feedback, um, it's the greatest thing in the world. If you use it, right. If you gather the feedback and it just sits there and then nothing is done with it. And then PD remains the same. Um, you're going to lose everyone that contributed to that feedback. So, uh, make sure if you are gathering feedback that you are using it with uh, in, in order to change PD. Well said. Sorry to throw that at you. I thought that was really no worries. Cool. Sorry, Chris. Go ahead. No, my question was going to be, Rich. So, what is the joy of live? <laughs> this book. I'm, I'll break this down slow. So, Rich, this book. If I'm a teacher who picks up this book, what can I do with it? And if I'm an administrator who picks up this book, what can I do with it? Yeah. Excellent question. So I think um, both parties would find plenty in the book um, to kind of utilize. So I think uh, when I say rogue leader, I'm not necessarily talking about just administrators in the room, right? It's anyone can be a rogue leader. Um, and it's not about the the title on the door. Um, it's, it's more about the attitude that's coming out of whatever door it is, right? Whether it's classroom, whether it's a, an office. Uh, and, I, and I think it is trying to make everyone a rogue leader, right? How can you as the fourth grade, you know, team leader, um, get your colleagues to kind of engage in professional learning? Um, You know, how can the building principal engage uh, teachers and colleagues in professional learning? Uh, It's really about everyone kind of taking charge of their own PD, um, but really taking that kind of collective responsibility for PD, um, whether it's within a building, whether it's within a Voxer group, whether it's within a district, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be just the people within your building. It could be people virtually. Um, it's really everybody's responsibility. 
do you have your do you have your staff on Voxer? Do you use that as part of your PD? Like, let, let, let's go back. What are some of the methods that you use in your school that centers around PD and feedback and growth? Yeah. So uh, one of the big things, and I, and I haven't done it as much this year because I've trying I've been trying to give everyone a little bit of space um, and and peace and calm this year. Um, but one of the big things that I did in the past uh, was just a, a feedback loop. So um, I set up little QR codes outside of each classroom that linked to a uh, feedback form for each teacher. So when I would, my, my biggest issue, and, and it really stemmed from kind of my own fault as a, as an administrator, but when I would go into a classroom, uh, I would, you know, walk in, do a little walkthrough, you know, five, 10 minutes, I'd notice something really awesome. Uh, I wouldn't share it with the teacher at that moment because they were in the middle of teaching. And then Three hours later, when I saw them in the hallway, whatever you know brightness I wanted to share with them was completely gone out of my mind. Um, so what I started doing was, um, you know, leaving those little QR codes up, taking my phone with me as I was leaving the classroom, quick scan, and quickly typing in the feedback that I wanted to share with that teacher. Hmm. Now, what was awesome about that, I set it up so that it emailed the teacher automatically, so they would get that feedback instantly. Um, and then I also set it so that it would gather all that data for me. So if I was walking into six or seven classrooms that day, um, you know, going back and looking at that data to say, oh, you know, here's a couple of teachers who are doing amazing things with questioning. Here's a couple of teachers who may need some help with questioning. Right. So using that data to then kind of uh, form collaborative partnerships to make sure the teachers were kind of learning from each other as well. Um, so I think that's, you know, as far as feedback, I think that's a very powerful, um, you know, responsibility on my end. Um, but it was almost kind of holding holding my feet to the fire as far as sharing that feedback. I think that's an important piece. Um, Voxer, I have used in the past to kind of provide that feedback because I think a lot of times it's more important to have that that voice, you know, versus the the textual feedback. Um, but I haven't been doing that much lately. But uh it's something I want to get back going uh, probably in the new year once we uh, start fresh again. Real quick, we're going to take a time out to talk about our executive producers before we continue this conversation with Rich. So if you get value from conversations like the one we're having and you've ever wondered, is there a way to support Podcast PD? Guess what? There is. You can show your support on a monthly or a yearly basis by becoming a Podcast PD executive producer. You can support the show by donating $5 per month, or you can do a one lump sum $50 per year donation. As a thank you for your support, every executive producer will receive a Podcast PD sticker. And if you support us on a yearly basis, we will send you a Podcast PD mug and a Podcast PD t-shirt. For more information, just visit podcastpd.com slash executive producer. And thank you to our current executive producers, Holly Landes. Sandy Hartman and Stephanie Scrocky. Thank you for all your support. We appreciate it. All right. One of the things we wanted to talk about was the professional development championship belt. So why don't you tell what us what you're going to do, brother? That, that's where brother. we're going now. <laughs> tell us about this championship belt. It's like a WWE style belt. Like they got around their shoulder. Got to walk. Absolutely. Ahead, yeah. So, so, um, you know, again, out of the first book came a lot of ideas about how people were kind of going rogue with their own professional development. So um, Stacy Saya, she's an educator from New Jersey. She reached out to me um, and uh, she was in the Palmyra uh, School District down in South Jersey. And uh, 
she shared that she had a professional development championship belt. So every month at a uh, meeting in front of students and staff, they award the PD championship belt. So it is, um, it, it is a, you know, huge championship belt. Um, it actually has their logo on it. It says Palmyra PD championship uh, and they give it out as kind of a motivator. So it's a big thing. They make a big ceremony about it every month um, and recognize someone who's doing something awesome with professional development within the, within the school. So um, the website, let me see if I can remember this. I think it's unlimited belts or unlimited championship belts. Um, I'll have to look that up. I'll share it with you guys later. Uh, but awesome, awesome resource where you can order fully customized championship belts. You can put your logo on it. There it is. Undisputed. That's what it is. Thank you very much. Uh, so you can order your own championship belts. Um, I think it's an awesome idea. You know, even if you're not recognizing PD, uh, I did order a championship belt for our students. So we have a respect championship in our uh, building um, where we were awarding a different class each week, uh, the respect championship. So um, definitely an awesome, awesome tool to kind of motivate uh, students and staff. I got to tell you, Rich, I think that's a fantastic idea. Oh, it's great, brother. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, if you're a, if you're a UFC fan or wrestling or boxing or, um, you know, it, it definitely rivals some of the uh, championship belts that you'll see out there. Woo! Is it required <laughs> that you have to get up there and give a speech and like be either a, a baby face or a heel? Like, do you have to pick a side? I, I don't know. I, I would guess that there are probably some really good heel teachers out there who would uh, really heal it up uh, if we gave them the chance to win the championship and uh, and uh, take control of the uh, of a school. So I hope everybody who's listening, hope you who's listening, I hope you smell what Rich Chiz is cooking here. With Rogue <laughs> Leader. All right. I hope you pick up a copy of his book. <laughs> Rich, real quick, before we finish up, where can people pick up the book? Yeah. So uh, it's on Amazon. It's uh, on barnesandnoble.com. So um, pretty much anywhere where uh, they're selling books, fouroclockfaculty.com. Uh, uh, the link is right on the main page. So you'll find all the different uh, options to order directly on fouroclockfaculty.com. And real quick, also, hold on as I am still trying to make this visual for people watching. If you're listening later, check out the video. Uh, but I am, I am on the four o'clock faculty website and you have an area here with resources. So what can people find to support their learning once they pick up a copy of the book? Yeah. So as you're going through the book, you'll see a lot of different um, QR codes that are in there uh, with different resources. Um, all those resources are linked on the uh, four o'clock faculty website. So you'll see some of those different options there. Um, like right now, you're looking at a PD planning worksheet that goes with uh, one of the chapters. Um, there are some one page PD uh, information, pieces of information there, um, which is really awesome. So it's something if as a rogue leader in the classroom, you want to go to your administrator and you want to say, hey, I think we should do this at our next staff meeting. Here's one page that will explain exactly the steps we should take in order to improve our professional development at our next meeting. So um, nice and easy for you. You know, just grab that sheet there and, and hand it to your administrator. And Rich, tell the people once they get the book. Tell them how they can get involved in the uh, the book group that you're doing. Yeah, so we're going to be doing a Voxer uh, book club. Uh, it's going to be starting in April. Um, so you can uh, jump on. Uh, it's uh, Bitly uh, Rogue Leader Book Club. So AJ is uh, already on there. Um, I think we have uh, close to 10 people who have signed up early. So uh, we're going to be taking people on uh, through April. Uh, it's going to be about three or four weeks uh, of a book club on Boxer. The Real last quick, one. What's the link again? I'm sorry. It's bit.ly slash Rogue Leader Book Club. 
Yep, you got it. All lowercase? Uh, rogue leader capitalized. Okay. Does that and, mean all caps um, or capital R? Uh, so R O G U E L capitalized, then the rest of leader, and then capital B and capital C. Cool. Because Bitly is just funky like that. Yeah. Um, so the last book club that we did for four o'clock faculty, um, it was in January of 2018, uh, it started, uh, as a, as a book club and, uh, still going strong. So it's the four OCF PLN. Um, it has turned into something that I would have never guessed it would have, but, um, probably the most passionate, uh, educators you will find out there, um, who every day are prolific in sharing and collaborating and connecting. And so, um, you know, hopefully this, this group will, will turn into something like that. Uh, but again, we'll be talking about ways to kind of take control of your own PD destiny. Yeah. And real quick for everybody out there, if, if you're, if you're new to the uh, social media world, or if you're just not, you're hearing this for the first time, this thing called Voxer is actually a really cool tool. I think it's one of the ways the three of us and Stacy had gotten connected from the beginning. So, so Voxer is, I don't know, it's a walkie talkie app that you can basically join different groups and get involved. So if you're out there and you've never heard of Voxer, get it on your mobile device, check out Voxer and adjust the app, make a user account, keep it similar to your, to your Twitter handle and start getting involved in some of these professional development conversations. Because as Rich said, his his group for four o'clock faculty, the PLN, huge. I hate to say I had to, I had to kind of get out of there because it was a lot like, no joke, a hundred or two hundred messages in the morning alone, and I just couldn't keep up with it, so I had to like pull back. But the conversations are, are fantastic; they're they're great conversations to have, and a great way to connect and learn from people all over the area, not even just New Jersey, but all over. Yeah, I, I can't again. I can't say enough, and I, I think you kind of captured it there. Um, that group, like I said, prolific, tens of thousands of messages over over you know a couple weeks span, and. Um, it's one of those things that we actually got to meet at ISTE when it was in Philadelphia a few years ago and people connected and came from all over the United States. So it was awesome to kind of see that the power of social media and how educators can connect with each other and, and kind of grow as professionals. So it, it, it's, it's really, excuse me, it's really been powerful. So awesome. Rich, the last thing I want to hit on from the book is uh, one thing you have in here. It's called podcasts and pedometers. Now you're on Podcast PD. I'm Mr. Podcast. AJ's a podcaster. What's that all about? Yeah, so this was uh, in my uh, previous school, something that we kind of took on. Um, I took the idea from Meredith Akers on uh, Twitter, uh, but she had shared something that they did called Podcast and Pedometers. And it was just a group of educators that would get out. Um, They would get their steps in, their daily steps in, do a little walk. And as they were walking, they would all listen to a podcast. So um, we kind of structured it a little bit differently. We um, each listened to our own podcast. And so we would walk for about 30 minutes. Uh, and at the end of that 30 minutes, we would all share one takeaway from whatever we were listening to. So um, just a, a chance to kind of get out, get out in nature, walk, um, listen to something, you know, that will hopefully inspire you and uh, hopefully inspire others around you. That's why we wanted to bring you on as a guest so people can listen to this episode and say, there's a nugget of gold want to talk about rich chiz to all my friends. So yeah, absolutely. And, and hopefully, uh, hopefully people are listening to podcast PD as they're doing their podcast and pedometers. That's the plan. <laughs> there you go. Uh, rich before we, I, I know we're coming, coming uh, close to the time here. I don't want to keep you too long. Is there anything that we didn't discuss that you feel is important for our listeners to know before they 
head out and, and venture on this new PD journey? No, I mean, I think we pretty much covered everything that I wanted to cover. Um, you know, again, pick up a copy of the book. Um, it will give you a lot of great ideas for inspiring, you know, again, not only yourself, but others and, and, uh, really kind of taking control over what it is that you're learning. And, uh, you know, I, I, I've said this, uh, with the first book, but, um, I, I made the mistake of assuming that it was somebody else's responsibility to, um, my, my PD was somebody else's responsibility. And I think, you know, that mistake kind of led me down this road. And I think if we can get all educators to constantly push, um, professional learning and, and to constantly push their own professional learning and that of others, um, I think we will continue to greatly improve, uh, this profession. So, um, it's something I'm passionate about. It's something that I hope others will be passionate about. And hopefully by reading the book, um, they'll kind of find that passion. Everything that Rich talked about, AJ and I have been taking notes. You're going to be able to find those notes and links to everything he talked about, where you can also pick up the book and get that bit.ly link, which I did correct because I checked it and I fixed it. So head over to podcastpd.com slash 116 for the show notes. And uh, Rich's whole bio is there where you can get in touch with Rich and connect. So awesome. Rich, thank you for, for being here. We know you have a recommendation for us, but thanks for making this episode awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for uh, talking Rogue Leader. And uh, if we're going to talk some other podcasts, I'd love to do that as well. Excellent. Now, r- real quick, before we transition into this next part, uh, is, there, is there another book in the works? Because we have to plan your third appearance. <laughs> yeah. So my uh, my plan is to sit down this summer uh, with book number four. So um, this one may go outside of education a little bit. So uh, we'll, we'll have to see. Um, but uh, hopefully this summer, I'm going to be uh, doing some more writing. Well, inside or outside of education, you are a valuable member of the podcast PD family. So we're going to bring you back in the future, of course. Awesome. Thank you very much. All right. I do have a podcast recommendation. So let's do that. So what are we listening to? I have a fantastic recommendation. Rich has a great recommendation that we're going to be sharing. My recommendation is, surprise, from the art of manliness. One of my favorite podcasts, but the episode I want to share is not quite what you think, Paisanos, because episode 784 of The Art of Manliness is titled The Secrets to Making the Perfect Pizza. So, yeah, it's a good episode. Here's a little bit from the episode. Pizza, it's ubiquitous. It's a fixture at parties and office break rooms, and there's a good chance you order it from your favorite place for dinner every single week, sometimes twice. And it's the Lenten season, not to get religious, but this is the big time of year for your local pizza place. Hook them up on Fridays with your business. So the uh, the guest on the show is Dan Richer. He is a New Jersey-based pizza man, owns a pizza shop in Jersey City, and he's the author of the book, The Joy of Pizza. So I will include a link to this out in the show notes at podcastpd.com slash 116. But if you haven't listened to it and you do listen to Art of Manliness and you like pizza, go check this one out. I'm going to, I'm going to have to check out and see this guy has an Instagram. I want to see his pizza. I want to see everything kind of fits together. I'm picturing something else. I really hope it's like dynamic pizza. Oh, <laughs> he's on Instagram. He's uh, okay. at Dan Richard, D-A-N-R-I-C-H-E-R. And AJ, there were some things that he talked about with regards to making pizza that made me go, this guy's not Italian, but I, I, I heard him out. Okay. I listened. There's some things to consider. So I think you and me are going to have a date night. One of these. <laughs> One of these days, we're going to go to Jersey City. Rich, you want to come? Yeah, I'm in. Let's do it. Nice. Rich, what do you got? What would you listen to? 
so uh, it's an education podcast, uh, but it's the linked up podcast, uh, Jamie Sapinaro and uh, Jerry Kimball. Um, and they just had a Harvard professor who is, uh, I guess, a behavioral scientist. Um, and it, the episode was called The Science of Writing for Busy People. But it was all about communication and how to communicate with families and, um, you know, what's the best time to do it? What's the best method? Um, and, and really delved into some uh, interesting research behind why some forms of communication don't work. And, uh, for example, one of the most interesting things I found was that um, they did some research and showed that um, hard copy mail was more successful than text messages in certain cases. Um, and it was because the text message was instant and gone in an instant. So the parents would read it and not necessarily do anything with it. Um, but that hard copy piece of mail would stay on the counter for a week, two weeks as a reminder to the parents. So um, really interesting uh, information about communication. Uh, it was awesome. Do I have the right one on the screen? Yep, that's it. Okay, cool. So this is, uh, you can go to classlink.com and we'll link out to that specific episode in our show notes. Very cool. AJ, have you ever listened to this podcast before? Or no, is this new to you? New to me? This is new to me. I, I haven't heard about this one. So uh, I'm glad we get to dig into something new here. Excellent. We Very love cool. podcasts here. Yeah, thanks, Rich. <laughs> Absolutely. And it is my Spotify. I'm still team overcast, but I know you are. As long as you're listening, I really don't care. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for episode 116 of Podcast PD. Rich, thank you for being here. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, gentlemen. Uh, always, always a pleasure. Absolutely. Thanks, Rich. All right. We will see you on the next episode of the podcast. That'll be episode 117. And hopefully we will be back in a couple of weeks on March 27th, 2022. We're not going to tell you who, who we're talking to or what we're talking about, because I'll be honest, we don't know yet. So make sure you tune in in a couple of weeks. <laughs> oh, wait, no, AJ, you gave me that look. We, we do. I, I apologize. I, I misspoke. I, I know. I'm just waiting for confirmation to make sure everything is is uh, is going to work out the way it's supposed to. I think Mike Brilla might get a little excited for this one. His two okay. worlds are going to com com combine right here. So <laughs> we'll see. Nice. And and I'm actually thinking now, based on what, what Rich shared with us here, we need to start giving out digital badges for people who listen. Yeah. And we might have to come up with a podcast PD championship belt that we can. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> right? Yes. We yes. Need so, 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 gentlemen, I have to tell you, I am I am all aboard after listening to that PD badge episode that you guys did. Um, I am all aboard. So uh, we're going to try to do something in my school with that idea. So okay. I love that episode. It was great. Go. Thank you, Crystal. <laughs> yes. all, all, all kudos to her. Thank you. All right, everybody. That's it for the episode. We will see you next time. Thank you for checking out this episode of Podcast PD. For links to everything that we discussed in this episode, you can visit the show notes at our website, podcastpd.com. To connect with the show on social media, we are at PodcastPD on Instagram and Twitter, and we share using the hashtag PodcastPD. To connect with Stacy, AJ, and myself, we are on Twitter at Mr. Nessie, at Stacy Lindis, and at AJ Bianco. We would love to hear from you, so please go to PodcastPD.com slash feedback and send us an email, send us a voice message, whatever you need to do. Also, if you enjoyed this podcast, 
make sure you share it with somebody that you think would get value from it. Word of mouth is the best way to share a podcast you enjoy, and we hope you enjoyed Podcast PD. We appreciate you listening, we appreciate your sharing, and we love creating this podcast for you. We'll see you in the next episode. Take care.